The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. What a crowd for a Monday night at Kauffman Stadium. Can you ever remember 38,169 for a July Monday night game at the K? I sure can't. I'm 34 years old. As the Royals drop a highly contested, highly entertaining 10-7 game with the Pirates, who moved to 54-38, and the Royals drop to 55-36. and And what's up? We're glad you're along for another edition of Clubhouse Conversation. It's Davo on your dish, where I will get to the four main things I took from this game tonight coming up here. In about two minutes, as well as we'll preview the next couple of games between Pittsburgh and KC. Should be, hopefully, a very entertaining series if tonight's game is any indication of the next two. But let's start with our player of the game tonight for the Royals. And for the sixth time this year, it's Eric Hosmer. If you're wondering about the up-to-date stats here on Clubhouse Conversation, our player of the games, Moose is leading everybody. He has seven, Haas with six, and then Gordon and Volquez each have five apiece. Chris Young, Kendrys Morales, Salvador Perez, Lorenzo Cain, and Alcides Escobar all have four. So that's where we stand in the highly coveted race for number one player of the game winning of the 2015 season. But let's get to Haas. The only Royal with three hits tonight also drew a walk. His first in, what, 55 ABs now? Been quite a while. Been a couple of weeks since Haas walked. He did tonight, but also, most importantly, had that triple knocking in a run, scored two runs in addition to his three hits. So a nice night for Eric Hosmer for the Royals. Also made a very nice defensive play over there. We've become accustomed to that. We almost don't give Hosmer, by the way, enough credit for his defense, and I'm guilty of that. I talk about Escobar all the time, and we mentioned Omar Infante's great play yesterday, and Lorenzo Cain all the time, and Salvador Perez all the time, and Moose, and Gordo. I mean, the entire roster basically makes amazing defensive plays. We don't give Eric Hosmer near enough credit for what he does on defense. The digs that a good majority of first basemen across the league, a number of these wouldn't be made, and Haas seems to make them in his sleep. So, uh, you know, there's certain things we take for granted with this Royals team, the bullpen far and away being number one. Teams just don't have the luxury that the Royals have in their bullpen, though the bullpen did, you know, prove to be a little bit leaky tonight overall. We'll talk about that here in a minute. But the fact that Hosmer, to me, is the number two thing we take for granted defensively. A great defensive first baseman is a lot more important than we think it is. Let's just put it that way. So nice to see Hosmer continue to do it both on the defensive you know, side of the field and then hopefully the offense will start turning on as he had, what, just six extra base hits coming into yesterday's game uh, since early July. So nice to see Haas do the job there. Now, let's get to the main four things that I saw tonight. And we'll start with the pitching because while the Royals had an impressive night offensively with seven runs on 14 hits, you know, defensively and pitching was not their night. We even saw an error from Lorenzo Cain. How often does that happen? Not real often. And Yordano Ventura, not a good night for Ventura. And I got some tweets. Devo, are we sending him to Omaha? Is it time to move him to the bullpen? No and no. I, I don't believe, number one, you'd never put him in the bullpen right now in Kansas City. His upside and the reason the Royals and Dayton Moore gave him that contract before the year and after seeing him last year, his upside obviously is far too great as a major league starter, not to mention a guy who's struggling. He's two or three years away from the bullpen. So now if we see him struggle with the you know the nerve issues in his hand and some of the elbow things he's had from time to time, if we see that for a couple more years and he continues to struggle, yes, on the bullpen possibly. 
But for now, it's either Kansas City rotation or Omaha rotation. And no, I don't think it's time for Ventura to go to Omaha yet. I don't. Thanks for those tweets, though. I mean, he was ugly. Four-plus innings, allowed six runs on ten hits. Walked one, struck out seven. So that was the good thing. He did miss some bats tonight, striking out seven. And yeah, there were a few seeing-eye singles. There was a little bit of bad luck in there. But consistently, the ball was left over the middle of the plate. And guys are just sitting dead right on him. And when you loop the fastballs over the middle of the plate, major league hitters are going to hit him. Ventura, 5-1-9 ERA now on the season. A mark of 4-7. and seven. I think you got to give him at least one more start up here. And perhaps Chris Medlin could have made it a little bit more difficult on the Royals in, you know, Ventura deciding what to do had Medlin come in and completely mowed them down. It ended up being kind of a shaky outing for Medlin. That's my second point. Overall, I was very pleased, though, with Medlin. I'll get to that here in a second. But finishing on Ventura, the point being, I think, you know, right now the Royals are going to give him at least one more start, unless he's physically not right. Now, if there's something not right with him, that's one thing. But I would expect him to make his next start on Saturday or Sunday. I've heard, uh, you know, some of the writers publicly say that he'll throw again on Sunday with Duffy going Saturday. The Royals may go with six-man rotation. That could be. That's not what I think that they're going to do, but that could be what ends up happening. Or Ventura could end up pitching on his bobblehead day, possibly on Saturday. Ventura bobblehead. Does, does that play into the decision, by the way? Do you send a guy down four days before his bobblehead day? I'd like to think it has nothing to do with anything. I'd like to think that that doesn't matter. Either way, I don't think we're in a PR. There's no PR nightmares in sending him down if they have to, but I don't think that'll happen, and I don't think that'll play a role. But just something to think about as that comes up, obviously, Ventura bobblehead day on Saturday. So while I was not real pleased with Ventura, I was pretty pleased with Medlin, and that's kind of talking out of both sides of your mouth because Medlin, the line on Medlin was ugly in this game. Four runs allowed in three and a third is obviously not good. The good was that he struck out four and didn't walk anybody. And his ERA, yeah, extremely small sample size. It's an ugly 10-8-0 right now. But like I said, the four Ks and no walks is good. And the stuff is there. I remember Medlin facing the Royals a couple of years ago and just how he would just put that fastball 91-92 on the corners at the knees. It's like a surgeon out there. His fastball is just something about it. It really, it really has stuck out of my head the last few years. And a guy that... I've only probably honestly watched pitch six to eight times in my life. But, I mean, a guy whose stuff is there. The, the, the fastball looked good tonight. The changeup made Ryan Matson blush a couple of times. It was so nice. And the, and the problem was he left some balls over the middle of the plate. Some of the breaking stuff was up. The fastball you know, wasn't always exactly where he wanted it. But the velocity was where it should be. Overall, I saw an encouraging outing out of Medlin, especially the way he came out the first couple of innings there. And keep in mind, he did get up and get warm three different times in the bullpen tonight. But, I mean, I love the way he competes. It's obvious he's excited to be back. You know, his first outing since September of 2013 through 52 pitches. So it was nice that the Royals were able to keep him fairly stretched out tonight as well going forward if he indeed is a rotation candidate by the end of the season, which I think he probably will be. But we'll see what happens with time. I'll tell you one thing, you know, pitching-wise, when you look at Ventura and Medlin and even Hochaver tonight, they could not get Travis Ishikawa out. My gosh. Coming in. Uh, you know, with not good numbers the last 10 days, 14 days. What does he do? Well, take some of that Giants mojo from Game 7 of the World Series. Says, oh, I'm back in Kansas City. Good things happen here. I'll hit two doubles and a home run tonight. I'll drive in four or three hits. Man, Ichikawa was a beast, as was Starling Marte, a good, young, exciting player, three for five with two runs scored. I like this Pirates team. Between those two and you got McCutcheon and the pitching they have, we'll talk about some of the more pitching guys they have here coming up in this series, like Charlie Morton and 
you know, some of these other guys that the Pirates will be throwing out there, Garrett Cole tomorrow. That's coming up here in a couple of minutes. So an exciting young team to watch. Now, the third thing I took from tonight, Kendrys Morales. What a stud. All that we thought he would be, and a lot more, let's be honest. Nobody thought he was going to be this. Nobody thought that on July 21st, going into the, the games tomorrow, he'd be leading the American League in RBIs now with 65. Hit his 63rd and 64th on the two-run shot off of A.J. Burnett in the fifth. Another run later on on that seventh inning, his 65th on the ground out. Kendry's now with 12 home runs. OPSing around 800. Just a nice, nice, nice job with the DH spot for the Royals. Nice having a, a switch-hitting DH who can get it done from both sides of the plate. Moose also took Burnett deep, by the way, for his ninth of the year in the seventh inning. But why not Kendrys Morales in this comeback player of the year convo? Early on, first, you know, six to eight weeks, and rightly so, we heard Ryan Matson's name a lot, especially with his ERA was what? You know, 0 5, 0 4, 0 6 the first month, month and a half. Still having a great year. Been getting hit a little bit hard the last couple of outings, but having a great year for the Royals. We heard his name in the comeback player of the year after Chris Young won that award. I mean, now it's more likely that Prince Fielder probably gets it. I heard some people mention Teixeira. Morales has to be at least in the conversation, though. Having a great year for the Royals. And even Moose, for that matter. I mean, the Royals have a lot of guys that could be in the comeback player of the year. I mean, hell, you can even put Chris Young back in there again. Didn't even get signed till March. You know, people just seem to underestimate him and over. He's not going to win, obviously. You can't win comeback player of the year when you had a, a really good year followed by a really good year. But the point being the the circumstances he's come back in and the doubters he's fought through. It's it's pretty good to see. Pretty cool to see. Lots of guys in this Royals team having big years. The offense in general, I like the will that they showed tonight. Battling, battling. It was, and I tweeted this from at Royals Clubhouse. It was almost like one of those basketball or football games. Whoever has the ball last will win, the announcers always say. That's kind of what it felt like in this game. Didn't end up that way, unfortunately. Those last two runs, the Royals gave up in the top of the eighth after they came back in the bottom of the seventh. Uh, really broke their backs. But really, let's go back to the bottom of the second inning. Second and third, nobody out. Bases loaded, one out, and the Royals were unable to score. The game was pretty much probably lost there in retrospect. And yes, you could say Ventura lost the game or Medlin lost the game or Hoach allowed the inherited runners or blah, blah, blah. Yeah, there's lots of places technically the game was lost besides that. But really, you go back to that and you don't get anything there after the Pirates put up a four spot in the second. You have a chance to and, – and, and, you know, both of these two teams have a habit. They're second and third respectively in all of baseball and scoring after the opposition does in that next half inning. So the Royals had a chance to come right back there in the bottom of the second. Could it get it done? And that, as it would turn out to be, had you picked up two runs there, second and third, nobody out, just two of those runs, the whole game changes completely. you got to think the Royals, if they're tied or have the lead, go to Wade Davis in the eighth and ninth. Things probably end up differently. But anyway, it was a nice game. It was entertaining. The offense was good, like I said. Uh, they roughed up Burnett big time. Six runs and 11 hits in six innings, his worst start of the year, a couple of Ks and a walk. Nice job for the Royals offense tonight. Like I said, three hits for Haas, and three other guys had multi-hits. Esky, Moose, Perez have a couple of hits. Royals battled, came back. It was fun. And like I said, coming into this series, I think the Royals only have to get one of these three games. I mean, technically, they don't have to get any of them. They've got such a nice lead built up and a nice resume at this point. But realistically, you only have to get one of these three games for it to be a successful series. Like I said, you go 31 and 31, now 30 and 31. Sorry, wait. It'll be 31 and 30 from here on out to get to 91 wins. That wins the division, obviously. So as long as you don't get swept, that was my point yesterday. Take care of the really bad teams and at least, you know, get at least one against the good teams when you don't have the pitching matchups, as the Royals don't in the first games, uh, first two games of the series. Obviously, tonight the, the Pirates had the matchup and they will again tomorrow as Garrett Cole toes the rubber. He's 13 and 3 with a 2 3 0. 
against Jason Vargas, 5-2 and with a 4-1-0. I'm sure Las Vegas will be very heavy on the Pirates, as they should be tomorrow. Vargas coming out the DL. We haven't even seen him since June 8th. I believe it was the Twins the last time he pitched. And he'd pitched well those couple of outings between the first time he'd been in the DL. So hopefully Vargas can come back, give the Royals five good innings tomorrow, keep him in the game, five innings, two runs or so, and see if the Royals can't win that game later on with bullpen versus bullpen, get a few runs off of Garrett Cole, who's never seen KC. Alex Rios, the only Royal that's faced him, he's one for two. And Garrett Cole, as I detailed yesterday, since last September 3rd, has gone seven plus innings at least 12 times with a 17 and three records. So, one of the most underrated guys I feel like in baseball, Garrett Cole, a guy you don't hear a lot about. You know, the small market Pirates, similar to the small market Royals in many ways. And so, I mean, you have to probably like the Pirates tomorrow, but we'll see what the Royals can do. If Vargas can come out and give the Royals five good innings, you've got Matson Davis, Herrera, Holland all available, and you'd like to think the Royals can find a way to, to grind out a few runs there against a tough hombre in cold. Now, coming up, I love the Royals on Wednesday. Charlie Morton against Edinson Volquez. Morton has that sinker that can be really good or it can hang. Escobar and Infante, the only two that have seen him uh, back from their NL days. Morton, obviously, never seen the Royals. Volquez coming off six and a third, two runs on eight hits in game two of a doubleheader against the White Sox. Then we have Chris Young throwing on Thursday against St. Louis in that game. The pitching is still up in the air for this weekend. But there you go. So I, I like the Royals to at least split the next two, which is all they have to do in this series. Hopefully they can find a way to win next two. Don't get me wrong, but get one in this series and I'll be fine with it. I'll consider it a win and, and no concerns from tonight overall. Like I said, the four things, three of them were positive. Ventura, I'm not quite as positive on just because it's been a, a tough year for him, both physically and mentally. And I don't love the body language out there from him either. You know, if things start going bad, it's it's clear. There's, I don't want to say pouting. There's not pouting, but there's just so much anger out there. It's almost like he needs to just relax a little bit. So we'll see what happens with Ventura. The good thing is his ceiling is still way higher than we've seen even uh, the majority of last year, I feel like. I feel like we did not see close to his ceiling last year, and that's scary. A guy who, uh, you know, Edison Volquez kind of came up the same way with the same kind of stuff and has evolved into more of a true pitcher versus a thrower. And I think Ventura, especially with Volquez being back to help mentor him next year and guys like Dave Island around, I think Ventura will head towards that as we move into the rest of this year and into next year. But right now I stick with him for at least one more start. I'm not real overly optimistic necessarily about him in the immediate future, but I sure am in the long term, and I'd give him at least one more start and see what happens. Medlin, like I said, I liked the way he threw tonight. The numbers didn't end up real great tonight for Medlin, but it's one of those things where sometimes you have to watch it with your eyes versus the numbers. Now, if this happens three more outings in a row, then we'll get back to it. But for now, overall, I was pretty pleased tonight with how the Royals battled. If there's such a thing as a nice loss, the best loss of the year, it's probably tonight. But in the meantime, we'll talk to you again tomorrow night on Clubhouse Conversation, hopefully after a Royals W as they battle tomorrow night against Garrett Cole. Have yourself a great night. Be listening, by the way, for the Luke Farrell interview coming up tomorrow, as well as Bobby Floyd, who played for the Royals from 1970 to 1974, a bit later this week. Take care.